This is the Rich Eisen Show. I live, breathe, and eat football. Me love football. <laughs> Me think football great. <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I-N-D-Y. Earlier on the show, Steelers linebacker T.J. Watt. Still to come. From Showtime's Dexter, actor Michael C. Hall. Unified super middleweight champion Canelo Alvarez. Plus, actor and comedian Tracy Morgan. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Fans of a TV show that loves the TV show and then sees the TV show go very rarely get to have an opportunity to see the TV show come back on the air, and fans of Dexter are going to get that. Uh, Michael C. Hall, who plays Dexter, is going to be joining us uh, in about 20 minutes' time in advance of the, I guess, return, a limited series run, 10 episodes of uh, of Dexter, and I'm a big fan of his work. Tracy Morgan, hour number three, also on this show, Canelo Alvarez, will be here um, shortly. Uh, our buddy Pat McAfee is tweeting out that Rogers is going to join him today, you know, so Aaron's clearly going to have a lot on his mind. Um, uh, Mike Florio's pro football talk has termed him furious that his yeah, vaccination that. status has gotten out. Um, and the story that out there about how he uh, tried homeopathic attempts to get his uh, um, immune system and um, his uh, antibodies uh, boosted and tried to see if the NFL would accept that as a properly vaccinated player and everything that's out there. And then, you you know, you hear that the Packers have had his back clearly on on what he's done and what he can't do and what he's violated and what he hasn't violated. And there's also the idea that maybe he's furious at, at how everything got out and who got it out there. And I'm sure he's not terribly happy that NFL Network's um, uh, information individuals are the ones who are breaking those stories as well. Yep. Even though everybody, just to understand, we don't get anything from uh, the NFL straight up, okay? <laughs> Number it's it's everybody doing their gumshoe work yep. uh, on all of that. And um, trust me, we've gotten been told no by the NFL before. We're like, well, wait a minute. You know, don't you, uh, you know, you own us? That, that happens. So uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be released today. The waiver process goes all the way through down to Monday. So uh, we are going to keep you abreast of everything as best we can over the next couple of hours here on the show. Week nine kicked off last night. The Indianapolis Colts having been swept by the Tennessee Titans already. Eight weeks in, swept by the team that's on top of the division at six and two. They're three and five. You can do the math. That's three and a half games. Three games in the standings, and then, of course, that extra half game being the tie break that the Titans have. So the, the Colts have to be one better than Tennessee in order to win the division. And then, of course, there's a the fact of if you think the division is gone, you want to try and get in as a wild card and who's sniffing it and who isn't and who's in the position of a wild card spot and who isn't. Uh, three and six ain't going to cut it. Not going to cut it. And you can't lose two games in a row after you've been performing very well at home. Can't lose a division game at home. And then a short week game against a Jets team that is starting a backup quarterback. And yes, the backup quarterback did very well against the Cincinnati Bengals, but these are games that you should win. And then you got the New York Jets. My team, near and dear to my heart. 
And Zach Wilson, apple of the Big Apple's Jets fans' eye, out. Knocked out of the boat race 50-burger loss in New England. And then Mike White, who had never started a game before, steps in against the at-the-time top-seeded Cincinnati Bengals and beats him with a 400-yard performance that puts him into a very rare club that only Cam Newton was in, 400 yards passing in first career start. And uh, game starts, and uh, Jets don't do very much on their first offensive possession. Colts' first offensive possession marched down the field right down to the just across the plus side of the field, and Naheem Hines runs into the end zone virtually untouched. And it's 7 nothing, And you're like, okay, this is the way this one's going to go. go. And then Mike White steps up. Oh, man. Starts slinging it around. Oh, he was great. Mike White matriculating the ball down the field. Mike White throws a touchdown pass, and it's Elijah Moore, kid from Ole Miss, who... Uh, Jets got on the second night of the draft just for Zach Wilson. Okay? And is very talented and has a huge upside. And maybe that upside is showing for Mike White. And I'm sitting there thinking what you guys are thinking. Like, I, 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 or what I was telling you guys what I was thinking. I don't care. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of getting my brains beaten in. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of a 50-burger lost to the Patriots and getting swept by them while their rookie quarterback looks like Tom Brady. I'm sick and tired of all the jokes and the butts of jokes and the fact that, oh, Mike White could be the guy instead of Zach Wilson. And my point was, let him show Zach Wilson what it's like. Zach was there. Because Mike White was telling you he was getting texts from Zach Wilson during the game against the Bengals. And his phone was filled up from text, attaboy texts yeah. from Zach Wilson, which is what you want to see from a team leader and from a friend and from a colleague and from a teammate. Keep your enemies close. And right? so and so on that Thursday night football, here he comes out there, and I don't care. This is a nice thing. I'm like seeing the nice thing. He looked great. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, he's doing this thing with touchdown he's doing like the sort of <laughs> pew, pew, pew. the guns and all the guns out and i'm like this is great and then all of a sudden what's he doing shaking his hand on the sideline yeah, yeah. what's going on why is he being surrounded by men in uh in, in tweed jackets you don't want to be around tweed jacketed guys no, no the cowboys you don't want to be around that guy in the cowboy hat because that means that's a team doctor yeah i don't want to be around him what's he doing around that guy did he hurt himself doing the guns thing or whatever and fox got all of the body language down you could read his lips that he hit his forearm on somebody's on a defender and the pain shot down to his elbow and shot back and he couldn't feel it. Couldn't feel the ball. Couldn't grip. And he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't grip the football. Yeah. And so he ties the game. He's looking great. It's possible that Mike White's going to just show up on a Thursday night. As I said for the Jets I could show up here on Friday and say, this is a high-class problem. Yep. Yeah. High-class problems. Not a bad one. Words that aren't associated with the Jets. (laughs) Because the other words are same old Jets. And this isn't anything done by the coach or the general manager or the owner. It's the football gods who keep 
hitting the Jets in these nuts. <laughs> the Jets apparently still are not allowed to have nice things. Mike White on Thursday night football against the Colts team that just lost in overtime four days before. They might be a little bit gassed. This guy throws for a touchdown, done, because he can't feel his friggin' arm. And he can't grip the ball. And out comes Josh Johnson, who has played for, I checked it out, a record one billion football teams in leagues you've never heard of, too. The ultimate journeyman. And man, did he ball out, too. But it took a while to find his sea legs. And in the time of it taking a while for him to find his sea legs, game got out of hand. And the Jets turned into, once again, a get-right game for the opponent. A get-right game for the opponent. Running all over the place. They had damn near 300 yards of rushing the Colts. I saw a stat. It was almost 220 yards of rushing without being touched. Unacceptable. Doesn't help either that the Jets' best defensive player on the back end, Marcus May, looks to have a season-ending Achilles injury as well. Again, Jets and the Jets fans are still not allowed to have nice things. It's hard to not feel that way. It's just like, come on, man. Come on. But the positive is, is that Josh Johnson has shown to Zach Wilson, that's now two quarterbacks that have shown the young kid who's standing there, this is how it's done. It can be done. They do have nice things. Elijah Moore's a nice thing. Michael Carter's nice. There are some nice things. Vera Tucker, their offensive lineman, he's a nice thing. They do have some nice things. It's just tough to see amongst all the nut-kicking from the football gods. (laughs) It's tough to feel that way. And so... The offense looks like it can work, huh? It does. When it's and run the way that Salah wants exactly. it. And I'm not going to sit here and think Zach Wilson can't do it. He's just not doing it as much. And maybe this respite, he's going to come back and practice. Of course, Mike White got feeling back in his arm in the fourth quarter. Of course, the football gods were like, we're just going to have you not have the feeling in your arm for the bulk of the game. And Josh Johnson, good for him, man. Getting in on a Thursday night, whole country watching, back door wide open. Sorry, Chris. I know. So close. He couldn't walk we through that back door for away. you. Couldn't walk through that back door for you. Mike White would have done it. Well, <laughs> that's part of the reason why I'm happy the back door shut on you because you don't deserve it. And neither do you, what? Cowboy what? Man. What are we going to do with this? What do we do? Oh, Josh <laughs> Johnson now shows you that Zach Wilson's a terrible pick. And no, let's now no, knee-jerk no. reaction. You know what? This whole knee-jerk reaction that just because Mike White's done it and Josh Johnson does it, that Zach Wilson will Couldn't never do it. Do it. Oh, okay. That knee-jerk put you two are the jerks in the knee-jerk. <laughs> Because that does not mean this. That's the overreaction Friday. If we had overreaction Friday, Josh Johnson on top of Mike White shows you Zach Wilson will never do it as a New York Jet. Guess what? I want to say he it, could do it better words. than the other two of them because he's supremely talented and he's just got to get out of the mentality. You're not in Utah anymore, bro. 
Not every play needs You're to be a home You're not in BYU run. anymore. You can't make everything as an 80-yard touchdown pass every single time. You've got a beautiful, pretty face. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> Just dunk it down. Get those. Po- get the passes out. Find these guys because they're open. So that's good news. <laughs> So I'm just going to say this, just to wrap this up. I want to directly use this platform for good. I want to take this microphone and look directly into camera, radio audience, and ask the football gods directly, what do you need? What do you need? What, 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 what can we in Jets fandom give you? What, do you, what, do you, what more do you want from us? Speaking on behalf of the male audience we're we're out of nuts to give we're out we're out you've kicked them all in okay what are you going to do for uh, like what more do you need for do you need some sort of sacrifice do we need that is that what we need do we need some form of and i and robert Sala's is a proud man and and joe douglas who i've never met uh or interviewed i'm sure i've heard nothing but good things about him what what do you need? What 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 can we do? Because it's just nonstop. Nonstop. And I know Lions fans will say hold our beer and all that stuff. That's fine. That's this is a me thing right now. Because it's insane. Insane. Makai Becton goes down right away. Ah. Oh. Is that really the headline of the Daily News? Is that really the headline of the Daily News? This is why Jets can't have nice things. I'm with you. The headline right of the Daily News. I'm with you. I didn't even know that. I tweeted this out last night. As soon as White couldn't feel anything in his arms. I'm like, apparently they're still not allowed to have nice things. And if in any way, shape, or form that got clanked around and wound up for the New York Daily News, I'll take credit for it. What the hell? Wow, can't believe that's it. That's one thing. What can we do? What do you want from us? Should we have some sort of like, I, I don't know, like I, I, maybe we should look at like some Ted Lasso episode, whatever they did to get rid of whatever was going on in their locker room. That was an episode like that. We have to burn something. Yeah. Jets should all get together and burn something because yeah. I know these guys, like yeah. I said, they're proud men. I'm like, we've got this. Men in the locker room will handle it. No, you don't. You just got here. Robert? Just got here. Let me tell you the way things are working around here. I'm a shell of a man. <laughs> I'm a shell of a man. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. So Zach's coming back from practice, and if Mike White and Josh Johnson can sit him down and show him what's what. Now, obviously, if he struggles, mm-hmm. if he continues to struggle, then we'll have a conversation. I'm not willing to at all even reproach the area code or even the universe of this kid can't do it. Rookie struggles, they happen. Having three quarterbacks isn't a bad thing either. All right, stop it. It's the magic number. Yes, it is. Dude, this guy, <laughs> this guy, Look, this. I'm trying to put a positive button guy, on it for you, Rich. This guy, yeah, that guy. Six and one. Over there. Honestly. 26 Honestly. Now, honestly. Like, was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on the air the last time the Cowboys... Oh, yeah. One <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. made a championship game in their conference. Let's, see. Number one Let's go. Movie, like, do me a favor. Will you do me this favor, Chris? Because wow. I'm going to have to take a break to interview 
um, Michael C. Hall of Dexter fame. Yeah. Can you look up what was the best the best picture? All those pop culture references matter, and milestones What's of the ma- last time this guy and his team did anything. What's it matter? Though? This isn't about us. This is about you and your team. We got nothing to do with because this. Because my team and my quarterbacks are in your mouth. And all of a sudden, a 6-1 oh, and one start has gotten you all sorts of, to use the phrase, fresh legs. Like, no, it doesn't. And I, yet, you're, 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 you're Lieutenant Dan with your fresh all legs. I, all I do is come You've in here. you got nothing to stand on. I say four words every Monday. That's it. I don't gloat. I'm, I'm, oh. I want you to be happy. I'm, I don't know how many times I'm going to say oh, that. I'm turning into Stephen A. He's turning me into Stephen A. Smith. I don't gloat. All right, let's take a gloat. break. Michael C. Hall of Dexter fame. Dexter's returns on Sunday, and Dexter fans are so fired up. Michael C. Hall, I'm a big fan of his work. We'll chat with him and your phone calls still to come. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This man is back in his role of Dexter on Showtime. It is a 10-part limited series of the show that uh, that ran for eight years and is now back Sunday, 9 Eastern time on Showtime. I am a huge fan of this man's work going way back to six feet under on HBO. He is right here on the Mercedes-Benz van phone line from Dexter, the star of the show, Michael C. Hall. How are you, Michael? I'm very well. How are you? you there, sir? You good? Hello? 
I'm, I am here. Hey, can you not hear me? I can now hear you. You are as clear as a bell. Thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate okay, this. Okay, good, good. Yeah. You, um, so, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You you bet. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan going back to the six feet under days uh, for you with uh, HBO. And now uh, it's just so rare for fans of a show to get, uh, I know the word revived is certainly um, been thrown around, but this is a limited series in a way. Like, what led you to want to do this again, Michael? Well, you know, the the I did it for about eight seasons, which is about eight years. Took about eight years off, and um, yeah. we we batted around the idea of returning to it. I think in this case, a story emerged that felt like it was worth telling. One that had a lot to do with the fact that as much time has passed as has passed, because the central relationship is going to be between Dexter and his now grown son. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the finale was very dissatisfying for, for fans, I think. And, um, and, and if nothing else, totally open-ended. So I think a big part of the motivation was just to find out both for ourselves and for everybody else, what the hell happened to this guy. And so, um, what, what attracted you to this particular storyline? That's it, because again, I'm sure you had to um, have a lot placed in front it, of you. That it focused. Yeah, I, I, I liked that it that it focused on the relationship with the son. I like that as much time has passed for him as it has passed for the rest of us, and that he's been committed to abstinence. You know, the fact that we're turning the cameras back on suggests that he's probably going to slip up and start killing again. <laughs> and the idea of someone who's done as much as he's done, and then just turned it off, turned, turned, turned off the murder hose. You know, the idea of somebody turning that back on and the chaos that would ensue felt inherently dramatic. And um, we're also, he's in a completely different environment. He's living in a tiny little upstate New York town surrounded by snow and ice. I mean, he couldn't be further from Miami. He's living under a different name. And, um, yeah, it just... I don't know. I think I think uh, it it felt like it it was a a new context for the show that would do the character justice, and um, that's what we tried to do. What was the strangest, um, I guess, construct to revive this character that you heard from either a fan or anyone that you were pitched? Which one did you hear that was? I think like the that? strangest pitch came from my mother, who wanted to watch a season of Dexter. Uh, just simply living in a monastery. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom forwarded you that idea. She Michael? just wanted to. Yeah, she was just like, "Wouldn't it be great if we? Yeah, we just we just watched him, you know, do his do his daily chores, go to bed early, and just be quiet. <laughs> you know, that's that's what well, that's what mom that's what mom wants to watch. So um, she wants me to. She wants to watch me behave. Yeah, how does, you know, your mom handle the fact that you've uh, been seen on camera? And, like, you know, my mom, to use the, the phrase that she uses, she fells when she sees me on television talk sports. Uh, how does your mom handle you being right. a, a cold-blooded uh, serial monster, uh, Michael? Is that why the monastery stuff comes in right there? She, she takes it in stride. I mean, I think I think she, you know, mom loves me for me, and I think it may be strange for her to see me pretending to be all these other people who maybe people, maybe people love Dexter or other characters I've played, and yes. uh, I think I think she she uh, 
she she almost feels compelled to announce to people, you know, I taught him better than that. He doesn't actually. <laughs> I, I never told him it's okay to murder people. Yeah, okay, in that's anyway, good. that's good. Um, so but, that, but essentially, no, she's very she's very proud. She's happy to see me. I guess the only thing happy that'll be worse working. The, the only, yes, right? <laughs> I guess the only worse idea, with all due respect, to your mother would be Dexter the musical, right? Like to see this, all of this sort of set yeah, to music, yeah. right? Sort of like a, a cop yeah, rock. I mean, you know, I, I've learned in this business to never say never, but I feel comfortable saying <laughs> that. Idea. I've got Michael C. Hall here on the Rich Eisen Show. Is it true that you prepared for the role of Dexter back in the day by following people around New York City? Did that actually happen, Michael? That is that is true. I, I just to, just to get a taste for what it would feel like to um, you know endow some stranger with reprehensible characteristics and maybe follow them around the city a little bit. It was mm -hmm. surprisingly easy. You know, there's a lot of people in New York. People uh, people can uh, be followed without without knowing you're doing it. I didn't follow anybody home. Okay, that's good. I just, you okay. know, maybe down to the subway, back out of the subway, just to see how it felt. And how did it feel? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Like, how uh, it felt invigorating in a way it's like it's like you're in on a secret that nobody else knows about mm -hmm. you know it gave me a sense of i mean just the tiniest taste of what it must that it might be a bit of a power trip trip to be carrying around secrets that formidable you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now here we're back on on if the air can. Yeah, no, I, and it's interesting too. The, the the scene and the setting there's sort of like a stephen king feel to it seeing you in the snow with an axe, you know. Yeah, totally. And, it's a, it's a kind of a misery esque. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was nice to be in an environment that was so completely different. So I never got confused and thought I was in a time warp or anything. It was obvious because I was freezing that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that time had passed and we were in the present. Michael C. Hall here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, are you a sports fan of any way, shape, or form in any way? Michael. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, so mm -hmm. Tobacco Road, ACC, big uh, big follower of, you know, one of my earliest sports uh, thrills was I was an NC State fan because my dad played football there and his two brothers did as mm -hmm. well, and so I was, um, you know, like... I think eleven, maybe Jimmy going v. on twelve. Jimmy when v. NC State won the yeah. won the NCAA championship in '83, and um, I mean that was probably the biggest sports thrill of my life. But uh, yeah, I grew up going to ACC football games, basketball games, and all that. As far as professional sports, we didn't really have any local teams. Right. Um, the Carolina Panthers didn't exist yet. So I was a Redskins fan mm -hmm. uh, growing up, okay. which, was, uh, which was fun, too. They had some good years when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're talking about 80s yeah. sports, Mike, Michael, if you're talking 80s sports, you're talking Jimmy V running around, can't believe it, looking for someone to hug, right? Oh, yeah, running around trying to find somebody to hug. Right. I, I mean, mean, it was one of the greatest moments. That, that whole run was insane. From They had to win the ACC tournament to even get into the tournament. They managed to beat... Uh, they beat Virginia for the to to win the ACC tournament, and then they managed to beat them again uh, in in the NCAA tournament. You know, Ralph Sampson, and yeah. it was it was insane. They were they just thought it was going to be a bloodbath. They were playing uh, Houston in the final against Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. It's it's mind-boggling that they won that game. Phi Slamma Jamma, right? And then that's that's who they beat exactly. in Houston. And then uh and then so if you're a Washington um 
you know, fan for football, um, that's when Gibbs was winning it all. My God, what a what a time for you to be a rooting yeah, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, man. Right? I, that was uh, Joe Theismann, John Riggins, you yeah. know. Um, oh, yeah. I actually, in my elementary school in Vienna, Virginia, I grew mm-hmm. up in North Carolina, but I spent two years, second, third, fourth grade, just outside of Washington, D.C. My dad worked for IBM, and he got transferred up there. And Joey Theismann, Joe yes. Theismann's son, was in my ankle biter football league. Um, and um, <laughs> we were, we were, it was like kids below 75 pounds were just, they were called the ankle biter league. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so, so yeah, he was in my, he played running back. He didn't play quarterback, but there were a few times where uh, he came, Joe Theismann came and picked him up from practice. <laughs> cool. That had to be pretty damn cool. Joe Theismann uh, yeah. being at your, at your youth sports youth football game that had to be a thrill and again just yeah. gibbs and winning all that so uh, did, did you ever see a game in rfk do you have any recollection of that did you ever go to the old rfk yeah we went and saw him play the houston oilers um damn that was the only game i actually went to i mean i watched him religiously but it's the only one i saw him for, so i got to, i was as thrilled as anything to see earl campbell I, I remember uh, I've I've been. Art I, Monk was always my favorite player. As well, as well he should. I mean, he he was just sublime is the word for him. And you know, I I remember I went to a game in RFK, one game, and it was a Cowboys Redskins game, and they were like you know hanging Danny yeah. White in effigy in the parking lot as I was walking into RFK, yeah. and uh, I remember I was two rows from the front of the upper deck and. Uh, I had to get up and lean over to see if somebody scored a touchdown because it hung over the end zone. Like, I just remember, and I also remember yeah. it shaking. I remember the place actually literally shaking because it, it was, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. that that's old school stuff, man, you know. Yeah, back in they that don't day. make them like that. They don't, they don't, I know. So I'm here with uh, Michael C. Hall. Hey, before I, I let you go, um, Six Feet Under, what a, what a program that was what what was it like uh being on that show um uh, about a family and a funeral home and the father has passed away but he's still there talking to everybody what a brilliant program yeah that was what was that like for it was, you it was incredible that? it was like um five seasons a magical time and sort of like the 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 wave upon wave of like great television that we have now i mean that was the i was sort of on the the crest of the first wave of TV's golden age, you know, when I, when I read the script for that pilot, it was, it was something that was as good, if not better than anything I'd ever had the chance to audition for in, in any medium, you know, it was, uh, it was an, it was an amazing time. It, yeah. was, it was like living a parallel life, um, with a, with a, what felt like a very real rich, family in a very very fully realized world you know right and then you got when the sopranos was on the air on hbo right it was your show yeah, that's and, right it was it was uh it was during that time oh my gosh no doubt about I, and i just remember it was dark but it was also um moving it, it it really was you know and yeah you know one of the most gratifying things is i still hear from people who talk about how somehow watching that show about these people running a funeral home and dealing with death maybe helped them as they navigated some sort of loss in their own life and i mean you know that's about as good a thing as you could hear from somebody about the work you do that it somehow helps them deal with their struggles you know yeah Oh, well, uh, congrats on the return of Dexter. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan, and 
You know, maybe we get your sitcom. What do you think? Just like, you know, like live studio <laughs> yeah, audience. Yeah, I got to lighten it up. What do you think? You know, I mean. Yeah, do, if, I got to do it for mom. <laughs> A monastery sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I, I've never met your mom, and I never talk about other people's mothers. But maybe she should, you know, not pitch ideas. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if TV executive is definitely in her future. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, congrats on Dexter yeah. New Blood and the return of your character. Is it possible that there's more to come with the success of this? Another? I can't say definitively because it would. Uh... <laughs> it would tip the scales. Okay. I don't wanna All right. Spoil anything. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you for that answer. I will. I will accept the coy response and send you <laughs> on with your rest of your Friday. Thank you for the call, Michael. Really appreciate All right. it. Thanks a lot. You bet. Right. That's it, Michael Bye-bye. C. Hall, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. That means yes, I think. Tip the scales, right? I mean, I, I love Dexter when it was on. Obviously, the ending was a little disappointment, so I'm super excited to see oh, how I'm they're going to do jealous. it right now. I'm jealous of fans of the show, too. Yeah, you know? it's so like great. Th- that, that you get something back. Oh, That's why I never awesome. want Curb Your Enthusiasm to end, ever. There's no reason for it to end, unless Larry doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And it's just, like a, it's just like to do the same thing and just push that rock off the same hill. And war- you don't want to do it and hope that it's... Not as good. Not as good. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, of course. But... Like, what would you want to have what rebooted? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's easy. What's that for you? Actually, this could have been a top five. This could have been, this could have been but, a big um, ass bag. How to make I'm it just in, asking for one. How to Make It in America was on HBO a few years ago oh, yeah, about, like, two kids in New York trying to make it as uh, jean designers, T-shirt designers. And it was just real gritty. It was real New York. It was okay. some of the team from Entourage. And it lasted two seasons. It wasn't enough. You didn't, oh man, it was just, it was a great New York And you're like, one of the best, what, uh, um, sequels is the last, do you want to see a prequel to Last Boy Scout or something like that? You're all over the map, man. Why do you make it seem like my tastes are bad, though? Because they, it is. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't like Midnight Run. (laughs) Why do I have to say it like that? (laughs) Because you love that movie, and I went home and I tried to watch it, and I didn't say anything in front of you. It's long. It's It's eight hours long. It's it's a long, it's a long, it's over two hours for a comedy. It's very long. It's very long. I know know that your attention span is tough. Yeah, 30 minutes. That's it. Tops. I'm lucky I make it through a three-hour show here. I'm lucky that they they did the Deadwood movie. I never thought that would happen. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah, Deadwood movie. I'm glad that they did that. Obviously, uh, Entourage, Chris. Entourage, Sopranos. You know that's going to come back. back. The Sopranos yeah. prequel. I mean, we're talking about yeah. pick it up again. By the way, David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, mm-hmm. confirmed that Tony is dead. More or less. He yeah. did that. In, he did that in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter. He talked about it. The Hollywood Reporter said, "Hey, when you once upon a time referred to the final scene of The Sopranos as a death scene, was that a slip of the tongue?" And he said, "No." And he said that the original idea that he had for the death scene was for Tony to come back from New York to New Jersey for a meeting and get whacked there. Because he liked the idea of the opening of the show as him always taking the ticket to get back onto the uh, uh, New Jersey Turnpike from New York. And I think he he said he kind of liked that that would be the last scene. And he also said that he got upset with people who were uh, wanted to see Tony dead. Yeah. Yeah, like to see him, as he said, fall face first into his uh, yeah. lasagna or linguine or whatever. I didn't want to see that. But that means he was killed in front of his kids and his wife. Maybe. Like the follow-up question is, did they shoot just him? Yeah, the families never got touched. I don't know, man. It looked like all bets were off at the end of The Sopranos. Yeah, that's true.
Like there was no uh, hmm. code anymore yeah. towards the end of that show. Gosh. The way that they were feeling about Tony. Yeah. But at least we got closure there. I want to see. Um, give me the. Give, come on, give me ten more. You want to see the bullets in them? Huh? I said you want to see no, the bullets in them? No, I, I, I understand. It's not like a bloodlust thing. It, 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 he was like a love-hate. That's why he's the anti-hero. That's why he's one of the greatest anti-heroes in the history of television. I also think it's a little easy to say now that James Gandolfini is no longer with us. Saying what? That he's, he's done? Dead. Yeah, that the character died. I, I think that that has, I don't think that has one to do to the other. He said uh, that he, he dreamt up the death scene and they, they asked him. That was the way in. By the way, great job by the interviewer. Instead of just coming through the front door, is Tony dead? You tell me that. But I feel he's when been When you asked called that it a death scene, was that a slip of the tongue? And he said, no. Like, okay, now we can open the door there. Right. So, I'm fine with that, guys. I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm glad that he said that. At least we got that. Yeah. Phone calls, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. When we come back to champ, Canelo Alvarez on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. He's fighting this weekend. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. Oh. Yeah, we're back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. We'll take your phone calls in a matter of time. Um, there's a big fight this weekend. Uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, is lacing him up. And yesterday I had a chance to Zoom with him. Here it is. Joining me now here on the Rich Eisen Show is a man who is going to be putting the gloves on this weekend at the MGM Grand for a huge fight. The number one consensus pound-for-pound fighter, superstar, and united, unified WBA, WBC, and WBO super middleweight world champion taking on Caleb Plant, Canelo Alvarez here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Canelo? Very good. Thank you. Good. I am doing better for talking to you. Thank you so much uh, for for joining here. What does this fight mean for you this weekend? Um, 
means a lot for my legacy is very important maybe it's the most important fight of my career uh, because uh, the magnitude of the of the fight is is really important for me so to accomplish this is 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 huge for for my country for my team for me is is really important so what what do you think your your legacy is that you think that uh it's potentially either on the line or can be burnished with a with a win this weekend no it's it's, it's very important for my legacy because uh, very few fighters accomplish uh this so for me being the spirit fighter uh, the spirit champion is 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 really is really important because just five fighters in the boxing in the history of boxing accomplished so that's why it's very important for me so you know obviously um the the big fight that just happened at the heavyweight um level what do you say you you're considered by many as the face of boxing right now that your face is associated with the sport in a way that nobody else who's lacing them up is right now what would you say to people that that boxing isn't as big as it needs to be or used to be what would you say to something like that canelo alvarez no uh i just just look at my numbers look look at my numbers and then right uh boxing is huge boxing is big and uh for the fans of boxing always always is is good but uh they talk they say but uh, look at the numbers and and then we can see and um so this weekend uh as you as you get set to uh as you say continue your your legacy do you feel that potentially you faced floyd mayweather too early in your career yeah that's what i that's what i thinking about it but uh yeah, I did what I did, and and it is what it is. So, but uh, I think uh, I don't have experience right there. Uh, so young, uh, a lot of things. But uh, it is what it is. I learned. I learned from that fight, and 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 I don't take that fight like a like a loss. How do you take it? Like a lesson lesson in my life in my by boxing because for me I learned a lot from there uh, the first uh, be first biggest stage mm -hmm. so uh, really good fighter there with a lot of skills and mentally for me I learned a lot so it's uh, life for me for my life uh, was very important who wins now uh, Floyd on that day or Canelo Alvarez from this coming Saturday night? Who wins? Uh, we never going to know that, but I feel I can't wait that fight. Easy. Well, I, I, I obviously you're a different human being now too, uh, Canelo. I, I've got to tell you um, on the All Access show, you telling your, your young son that it's okay to cry mm -hmm. is one of the neatest things I've ever seen. I've got two boys myself at 13 and 10 um what what lesson do you think you were telling your son that that was beautiful i don't know give you more of a, just, of a floor I, on that that's that's that day i just i just hear him say hey i fall uh, and i don't cry and 
it's okay. It's okay. Cry. If you need to cry, cry. If something hurts and something happening, you you feel you need to cry, cry. It's, it's okay, right? That's, 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 I just wanna explain him. Uh, it's okay, cry. It's nothing wrong right there. Yeah. And he, he picked up that lesson uh, yeah. that it's okay to cry. Yeah. I know. He got it. Well, when was the last time you cried, Canelo Alvarez? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I cry at commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I cry at TV commercials. That's the way I've gotten right now in okay. my life. Um, in the few minutes that I have, I have left with you here. Um, th again, returning to the sport of boxing as a as a whole, what do you think of the Paul brothers joining boxing? What do you think of of them and what they're bringing to the sport? It's, it's okay. He brings. They bring more more fans to to boxing, so it's okay for me. I, I don't have anything with that. Okay. And, um, you know, lots has been made of a guy like, say, for instance, Nate Diaz potentially leaving UFC to go to boxing. I've seen pictures of the two of you together. Is that a, a fight that ever down the line that's something you'd you'd want to consider? In what that? fight? Nate Diaz or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. From UFC. What about taking a UFC and, and taking somebody that comes out and wants to get a piece of you in that regard? Would they ever want to do the, something like that? You, you never say no, but... Uh... That is now in my in my mind right now, right? Not make sense for me. Okay. What about just your future after this fight? What is your plan after a fight like this? What we don't you... know. We don't know. I uh, we hundred percent focus on this fight in this fight, and then we'll see. Okay. Well, Canelo Alvarez, I appreciate the time. Have a good uh, have a good weekend. Thank go, you. Go you enjoy too. the fight and best you yeah, can. And I will. You, you already could see you've already you already got a. The split lip right there, right? Is that what do you got there on your? Is that something you already got going on? No, when you fight? lose weight, um, you know, happens. Have a good fight, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. That's Canelo Alvarez, one of the all-time greats, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. There you go. He's got a fight coming up this weekend. Not looking past it. Let's go back to the phone lines right here. Um, the Bills Warrior from the land of the unknown. Oh, yeah. Bless this man. What's up, Bills Warrior? Hello, Rich, Chris, TJ, and Jeff. Warrior. Hey, Warrior. First of all, Rich, I hope changing your fantasy football team's name had some kind of turnaround. That would get anyone going in gear. It has. Walking ibuprofen's killing it. They're six and two, and we got just we got uh, Jonathan Taylor last night, right, Christopher? Awesome. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. We're, 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 the Miz is tasting our defeat, tasting our... Or, or well, whatever. What's going? On? What's on your mind? Wonderful. Well, firstly, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have to scratch and claw their way out of this one because the fury coming on them on Sunday is that of a starving warrior in the jungle hunting for its prey. And I do have a question for this show. Yes, sir. I wanted to know if anyone thought the Dallas Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl Fifty Six if they would be able to face the Buffalo Bills and knock us off. That would be, by the way, I think NBC would sign for that right now. I would. You know, obviously, you know, Western New York uh, and Buffalo Bills Mafia is very popular. They might, they might want to sub that out for potentially like the Patriots or the Steelers, right? Mm -hmm. Anything? Yep. Just to get that going. But um, just in terms of a, uh, you know, a, 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 a media market. But thanks for the call, Bills Warrior. 
that would be you no you're, you're you know that would be just the Buccaneers versus the Bills in the Super Bowl. There you go. Okay, there you go. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um that uh that would that would just get all sorts of NFL films footage up and running, man. Speaking of which, Steve Sable is the subject of this weekend's uh, NFL icons on oh, Epic. Nice. And it is okay. a beautiful show. It is going to be awesome. Yeah. 10 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. It is just all kinds of awesome. Steve Sable, that is what it's all about. And I thought to myself just the other day, mm-hmm. actually, I said self, no. Uh, <laughs> it, the, the footage of Namath, right? They showed it last night. Namath coming off the Orange Bowl, right? Uh, turf with his finger in the air. How lucky are we that there was a film camera crew following around NFL teams in the 60s and the 70s. Right. A film crew chronicling everything. What an idea. I just thought that I just thought that like what an idea NFL films was. Let's take film shots of NFL and that's why it was just like what are, what are you talking about? How lucky are we that, that yeah. we have some of the greatest moments in the history of this sport chronicled in film? You know? I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I'm always amazed when I see that because, you know, it wasn't like obviously today where, you mm-hmm. know, you go to the bathroom, someone could have a phone pointed yeah, at you. Right, exactly. You know, back then in the 60s, they had footage. Film. It's you great. Know, like, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, Tracy Morgan. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hour three. We're going to need a laugh because we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers when we come back.